sisters. Happy Christmas Sunday. Yay. I'm shrimp. I'm cat. (laughs) (laughs) And today is my episode, which means we're talking about murder. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Today, we're going to talk about the case of Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole, who are two serial killers from the Americas in the 1970s and 80s and late 60s. Late 60s to the 80s kind of time. and Serial killer time, really. Yeah, the serial 70s. These two are interesting, which of course we will get to, the tea and the details of everything, but they're interesting because they committed crimes together and also apart, which is like kind of wild for devious duos. Kind of unheard of, right? Yeah, we haven't come across that yet on this season. Well, we have for one person to have committed crimes before. Yeah. They like join up together, but these two, they kind of like were ships on the sea that just every once in a while passed each other and did did the murders together. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, follow us on Instagram at sinistersisters.podcast. Follow us on TikTok at sinistersisterspodcast, on YouTube at sinistersisterspodcast, and you can email us at sinistersisterspod at gmail.com. I feel like when I say sinister sisters, it like like lisps, like slurs. <laughs> sinister sisters. Yeah. Sinister yeah. sisters. I think that's just the nature of the words together, to be honest with you. Sinister sisters. Sinister sisters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the content warnings for this episode are um, murder, murder of a child, Mentions of suicide and abduction of a child. Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole were two infamous serial killers who were active in the United States in the 1970s and the 1980s. The structure on this episode, it's a little bit different because we're talking about two, like, separate things that eventually come together kind of thing. So we're going to talk completely about Henry Lee Lucas until the end of his life. Then we'll talk about Otis Toole until the end of his life. And then info on their relationship together and the duo of the devious. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. So Henry Lee Lucas was born in Virginia in 1936 and had a very troubled childhood. He claimed to have been subjected to physical and sexual abuse by his mother and also had a history of setting fires and killing animals, which they don't use anymore, but it's called the homicidal triad. I can't remember who Mm. invented it, but it was a used as like a risk factor tool thing for kids to become serial killers. And it's like setting fires, killing animals, and one of this something else in the as a third one. So trauma, I think maybe trauma. Yeah, something like that. That would make sense. So we're already off to a not very good start with Mr. Lucas. He began his killing spree in the 1960s, and over the next two decades, he's believed to have murdered at least 11 people. 
The caveat with both of these kills actually is that they have both claimed responsibility for thousands of murders, a lot of which was like completely impossible for them to have committed. Okay. So Lucas has claimed responsibility for as many as 3,000 murders, but a lot of them were proven to be false, but of course there's a lot that we don't and can't ever know. So it's kind of been muddled by the amount of confessions he's made. Right. So <clears throat> Henry Lee Lucas confessed to killing his mother, Viola Lucas, in 1960. And according to his confession, he and his mother had been arguing and he struck her in the head with a broomstick. Um, she fell to the floor and he proceeded to stab her repeatedly with a knife. Gross. That's Lucas. horrible. Yeah. Apparently, though, this is the person that was physically and sexually abusing him for the majority of his life up until now, but hmm. allegedly. It's all alleged. We don't know if right. any of that actually happened, and we never will. Lucas was arrested and charged with his mother's murder, and he was eventually convicted and sentenced to 20 to 40 years in prison. He was, however, mm. released from prison in 1970, which was only 10 years, and he was released on parole, but he was arrested again a short time later for attempting to kidnap three schoolgirls. As okay. for, like, his adult life and who he is and what he does, for from this until death is not really super known. He had, like, a bunch of um, odd jobs that he did and just kind of vibed, I guess. Um, yeah. And obviously committed lots of crimes. So he was tried and convicted of multiple murders in several, diff several different trials throughout the 1980s. The first trial in the 80s took place in Texas in 1983 for the murder of Kate Rich. He was found guilty and sentenced to death. So obviously all of these murders happened before the trials, before the 1980s. Right. Yes. In 1985, he was put on trial in Florida for the murder of an unidentified woman known as Orange Socks. He was again found guilty and sentenced to death. So this is two death sentences that he has under his belt already. Wow. Then in 1986, Lucas was tried in Texas for the murder of Deborah Jackson. This time he pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison. In 1989, Lucas was tried in Texas for the murders of three women, Laura LaPlante, Mary Frances Stoner, and Tiffany Johnson. He was found guilty again and sentenced to death. That's four death penalty, or four death sentences for this man. And he, I don't know why he was in Florida. Well, I guess because of the nature of the jobs that he did, which were odd jobs, yeah. he he kind of traveled around a lot. Um, him and Otis Tool, they both traveled the American. Like seasonal just, work. Seasonal work, yeah, but also just kind of bumming around, loafing around. Chilling. Yeah, neither of them, I don't think, had any kind of specific destination in mind. Like I said, these um, Henry Lee Lucas claimed responsibility for as many as 3,000 murders. Which is a lot. And Yeah. Yeah. It's like a murder a day for 10 years. Yeah, that's a lot. 
Because yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, murder isn't that... Okay. Not that I want to, like, dissect the ease of murder, but mm. I feel like if you were going to murder, it would be, like, physically taxing on your body. Yeah. You I would think, think so. Yeah. Like, I, I guess it would depend on the method of murder and, like, cleanup and everything like that, but I think you would have to take a break. Yeah. I don't think you could it's not physically... an everyday grind, for sure. Yeah. I don't think you could physically exert yourself that much and not cause some kind of, like, yeah. issue. Anyways. Yeah. We're full of tangents today. Apparently. Um, during his trials, Lucas made many conflicting statements and frequently changed his stories about the murders. In some cases, he claimed to have committed murders that he could not have possibly committed due to his whereabouts at the time. Alleged, or additionally, sorry, there were allegations that Lucas was pressured or coerced by law enforcement into confessing to his crimes, into confessing to crimes he did not commit. It was the 1970s and the 19, oh, I guess the 1980s, and the DNA testing that we have now was not a thing back then. And so this was, and I'm not saying cops are bad. But this was a very, very convenient way to close cases because they had this man who obviously right. was a criminal. He was killing people and he was confessing to pretty much every single crime that was brought to him. So, you know, yeah, law enforcement might have jumped on that a little bit too hard. Yeah. I, I, like, I kind of get that too. It's yeah. like, why would you confess to something you didn't do? So then why wouldn't I take your word for it? You know? I mean, false confessions are relatively common for the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, with people like we know now, with people like Henry Lee Lucas, it's a lot about the uh, infamy and the attention mm. that he gets from committing, not committing, to confessing to these murders. So it wasn't right. I guess so. Yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. like if someone spontaneously confesses to something, it doesn't serve them. But yeah, I guess it does if you're a little bit unhinged. Yeah, in the brain. <laughs> yeah. Despite these issues, Lucas was ultimately convicted of multiple murders and spent the rest of his life in prison. He died at the Michigan Reformatory at the age of 64 due to heart failure. He apparently had a history of health problems, including heart disease, diabetes, and hepatitis C. He has also attempted suicide multiple times while in prison, but obviously none of those were completed. Yeah, so that's Henry Lee Lucas. So that's Icky Dude number one. Icky Dude number two is Otis Tool. Otis Tool was born in Florida in 1947 and was also the victim of a troubled childhood. He claimed also to have been sexually abused by family members and also had a history of setting fires. Tool began his killing spree in the 1970s and is believed to have murdered at least six people, though again, he claimed responsibility for many, many more. His known, I guess, and convicted of murders are... The victims are Adam Walsh, who was murdered in 1981, Ada Johnson, who was murdered in 1982, Mary Gertrude Brosley, murdered in 83, 
David Spears, murdered in also 83, uh, George Sonnenberg, also in 1983, and John Hardy Roberts, murdered in 1984. George Sonnenberg was thought to have been his lover, who cool apparently allegedly um locked him in his apartment or his home barricaded him in and lit the home on fire jesus george did not die in the fire he died approximately a week later from the injuries that he sustained yes but perhaps yeah really gross but perhaps the most well-known victim of Otis Tool was little Adam Walsh. He was a six-year-old boy who was abducted from a Sears department store in Hollywood, Florida on July 27, 1981. His mother had briefly left him in a play area while she shopped for lamps. Um, it was like video games. And they had like, I don't know what console it was, obviously, but they had like a demonstration on there and you could mm. play a little bit. And so... yeah. There was all of these boys there, um, and probably girls too, there was lots of kids there, and it was the 1980s, so her name's Reeve? Reve, maybe? She left him there while she went to shop for a lamp. And when she returned, Adam was not there anymore, so she wandered the uh, department store for a while, obviously, and couldn't find him. So... She called her husband, John, and they immediately began searching for him and contacted the police. However, the investigation did not yield any leads, and Adam's body was not discovered until 16 days later when it was found in a canal in Vero Beach, Florida, over 100 miles away from the Sears store where he was abducted. The case received widespread media attention and became the subject of a made-for-TV movie and book, in 1983, Otis Toole confessed to the murder of Adam Walsh, but he was not charged due to problems with the evidence. The case remained unsolved for many years until DNA evidence was used to link Toole to the crime in 2008. Um, also wow. active at this time in this state was Jeffrey Dahmer, who was also well known for mm. choosing young boys as his victims. I don't think anything. I don't think anybody as young as six, but he was also in the area so isn't that crazy yeah like i mean i know that they say that serial killers are still there's still lots active and stuff like that right now but can you imagine living in a state this is not that large like florida's not massive that mm-hmm. there's two active serial killers at the same yeah. time yeah like how do you leave your house and feel safe i don't know that's it, it's crazy very. Especially since both well, Henry Lee Lucas committed crimes across state lines. I think Jeff Dahmer did too. And so if yeah. I don't know how much like happens between states, but I know in Canada, if something happens in the province next to you, you're kinda like, oh like that's terrifying. Yeah. So to have murders happening literally all around you and not knowing that they're linked yet that's a good point too yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know how they survived 
how they how the whole country didn't just grind to a halt literally yeah because there was there was in the 1970s and 80s especially there was serial killers around literally every corner yeah yeah the tragedy of adam's abduction and murder led to the creation of the adam walsh child resource center which eventually became the national center for missing and exploited children adam's father john walsh went on to host the television program america's most wanted which focused on tracking down fugitives and finding missing persons and it was a television program america's most wanted but it actually was quite um effective did help yeah yeah Yeah. i think i've heard this like the kate adam walsh case before actually yeah because didn't that also lead i don't know if you're gonna get to this so sorry if i'm cutting you off but didn't that also lead to the introduction of the code adam like procedures in stores yes i think so like that you could go to the uh like the code yellow type things yeah well they're called it's called code adam is it yeah when there's a child missing so either if yeah to like lock it down and also um i don't know there's a whole bunch of policies in place with it yeah Yeah, i think that was this case i wasn't going to mention that so yeah there you go a tidbit (laughs) so tool was arrested and charged with the murder of adam walsh in 1983 but the case was eventually dropped due to problems with the evidence i don't know what the problems with the evidence were um i would maybe consider that there just wasn't enough evidence Mm, yeah in 2008, however, the case was reopened and DNA evidence was used to link Tool to the murder. But by this time, um, Office had already died in prison in 1996, so he was never tried for the crime. He was, however, tried and convicted for the murder of Ada Johnson in 1984. He was sentenced to death, but his sentence was later commuted to life in prison. He was also convicted of the murder of of Mary Rosalie, David Spears, John Hardy Roberts, and George Sonnenberg. Otis Toole died in prison on September 15th, 1996, at the age of 49. He died from cirrhosis of the liver, which is a chronic liver disease caused by long-term damage, usually alcoholism, and Otis Toole was known to have been an alcoholic. So, hmm. It's really young to die. Yeah, but we don't care. Well, he be no. killing people in this place and we don't care. Yeah. Dad. So, the two of these people, they were both abused as children. Both turned out to be serial killers. And they met each other in the early 1970s while they were both living in Jacksonville, Florida. They bonded over their shared criminality, and they quickly became friends and began a romantic relationship that would last many years. At the time of their meeting, both were already murderers. Lucas had served time for killing his mother, and Tool claimed to have killed a salesperson after they tried to pick him up for sex, but that was never, he was never tried for that. So, we don't actually know if Otis was a murderer at this point. It is believed that they killed at least six people together, but their name as the Confession Killers isn't made up from nowhere. They confessed to hundreds of crimes, 
So as I was saying earlier, it's really difficult to know which crime they were actually they actually committed and which ones they could have committed, which ones they could have been suspects in. Like it's really hard to know yeah. what they actually did. And I would think that they the police or law enforcement at the time probably didn't have the manpower or funding or something to actually investigate each claim properly which i mean kind of makes sense if you're claiming over over three thousand murders that's expensive but also yeah the families deserve justice well especially because everything would have been done by hand at that point like there's no just like typing things into a computer database and getting hits it's like all someone's like manually testing comparing fingerprints and and whatever dna strands and things like that so yeah and the thing with dna in the 80s is that um you had to have which would have worked in this case i guess but you you couldn't have a piece of dna and compare it to everyone yeah you had to have the dna and compare it to like a suspect so you couldn't rule people out with the dna necessarily mm. you could rule them in i guess is like the thing yeah because you already had to have like you had to have a suspect and the suspect's dna and then again yeah it was done by hand like lined up against each other would have yeah. taken forever literally so long yeah I would think that there's probably murders that have been closed that shouldn't have been that were claimed by these two and mm, yeah that's really sad to think about because I mean yeah these they were people and they deserve to have been had their actual killer brought to justice but yeah yeah so a small tidbit of information is that there was some evidence to show that Otis Tour had a relatively low IQ. It's thought to have had an IQ as low as 75, which would have put him at a diminished capacity. Hmm. Yeah. However, Lucas, on the other hand, claimed to have an IQ of 165, which would make him certifiably a genius. There is no independent verification of this claim, but it's interesting, I think, because when we did that episode forever ago about why people kill in duos, yeah. one of them was that there is a leader and a follower. And from the evidence that we know for a fact, Otis Tool had not murdered anybody until he met Henry Lee Lucas, whereas Henry Lee Lucas had been committing murders already. Um, yeah. Otis Tool had been committing crimes like arsony and arsony? Arson? Awesome. Drop the E. Awesome. He had com- been committing crimes like arson and um, like theft and things like that, but no murder. He claimed mm. to have murdered that salesman, but thus far, no evidence. Right. So that's like an interesting tidbit that perhaps Office Tool was just a follower. Possibly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I would also think with an IQ that low, you would have 
pretty diminished um like critical thinking mm-hmm. uh empathy skills i would think yes. i don't obviously don't know for certain but i would think also too yeah yes hmm. however they were an interesting duo because they did commit crimes together and apart they were both criminally involved before they met each other again not both murder but they were both doing the crimes due to their confessions for so many many crimes there is no real answer as to how many people they killed and how many crimes they actually committed and that is since they're both dead now something we will probably never know yeah yeah Hmm. interesting so did they commit did they commit any crimes together yeah. Well, they were just like best buddies in crime. They did commit crimes together, but I don't know which ones. Mm. Okay. They were never tried together for any of their crimes. They were never, like, they were never interviewed together for anything, but uh, okay. they did commit crimes together, is kind of the overwhelming idea. Yeah, they were never tried together. Yeah, they were never tried together, so we don't actually know for sure. But they were in the same place at the same time, and one of them committed a murder. So, I see. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. There's also a lot that hasn't actually been like released about this case. Um, a lot of the media coverage around this case surrounds Adam Walsh. Yeah. Which makes sense, because he was just such a little boy, but, and his his death has gone on to create things that have helped a lot of children since. Yeah. And a lot of it was also with the connection to Jeff Dahmer. There was kind of a lot of, a lot of coverage and things that muddled this case, which, and then again, with all the thousands of confessions, it was just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, that is my episode today. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, um, a little bit of a different duo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> I have a Sinister Sisters true crime update. I mentioned this in a few episodes ago that I'm gonna drop the season uh, thing. So we're gonna have one more episode that focuses on devious duos. And then after that episode, we will be free to talk about any true crime. So, if you want to leave a suggestion, a case request, in the case request form, now is a really good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can also leave topics for me in there, if you wish, as well. Yeah, and that is linked everywhere bios descriptions episode and show notes everything everywhere yeah okay the end (laughs) thanks for listening friends Mm -hmm. Bye. bye